uh, the, uh, uh, so I'm sitting out in my, uh, brother's backyard in Los Angeles. Uh, oh, right. You're back in America. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, crossed back into America, uh, uh, late last night, uh, actually right after I finished the, uh, the sub stack for Sunday. Um, so yeah, I am speaking to Stefan Bertram Lee, uh, and Stefan, what are we talking about today? We're talking about my, my latest essay in Sublation Magazine, which actually barely has anything to do at all with Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but that is where it starts from. Yeah, well, this, the starting point of the essay uh, is that you are talking about this uh, game, which I sort of <laughs> vaguely know what this is, uh, but it's some sort of uh, Harry Potter-based game. That, right, uh, so they've, they've, they've made um, like an open-world Harry Potter game with modern graphics where you can run around Hogwarts and be a, a Hogwarts person and so on, which has been the dream of, I think, many million millennials uh, for a long time to have like a basically like a Hogwarts simulator um, with like decent fidelity and with modern mechanics and so on. Um, and that's come along um, and unsurprisingly became immensely successful. Um, but I wanted to highlight kind of that as this, thing was coming out there was an intensive kind of boycott campaign uh which totally nearly failed yeah uh so you know people were uh boycotting it uh um i guess there's some mention of uh you know i think something that's kind of true which is that the uh that uh, the goblins in the harry potter book uh Seem, uh, you know, it's like this this race of uh, of, yeah, yeah. of cladish uh, cladish hook nosed uh, creatures who uh, who hoard gold. You know that you know so there might there might be some sort of passing resemblance to recognizable tropes there. Um, but of course, mostly because of the uh, the trend stuff, because this is something that uh, J.K. Rowling in the years since uh, Harry Potter has has become very uh outspoken in the cause of what depending on your perspective you know you either call trans exclusionary radical feminism although that's also a strange word because i don't know how radical she would claim to be uh it's it's normally just trans exclusionary and definitely the r normally goes and often just the f right 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 exactly uh yeah it's actually really weird that that's sort of become the uh the default word for like woman with trans with anti-trans views because yeah it's also interesting because turfs themselves hate it and say it's a slur um, even though it's a very descriptive term which is probably actually too generous to them um but it's just you know and it shows like a lack of comprehension of kind of how terms become slurs right it's not about any inherent feature of them it's just what group they get assigned to and so they want to be called gender critical but of course if they won that war then gender critical would just then become a slur. <laughs> like, no, that seems exactly right. Uh, that the people would resent being called gender critical feminists if that became what their enemies called them. Um, I mean, there there is this sort of like you know, in um, I, as I said, it's just kind of funny because I mean, it's you know, turf is supplied to to many women who are you know who would certainly not pretend to be radical feminists and in some cases wouldn't even call themselves feminists. Uh, right. there, there are certainly feminists and radical feminists that it's applied to, but, um, uh, but, uh, there's, but yeah, I mean, there is this thing. It's like, um, how, you know, all of the terms that used to be these like fancy scientific terms for, you know, people with down syndrome and such became, uh, unsayable slurs or how, uh, the, uh, uh, or how, you know, people make a big deal now. And I sort of go along with this one. Cause I don't, you know, but like, there's also something very strange about it, uh, about, you can't say, uh, homeless anymore. You have to say unhoused, which is a, uh, which is a precise synonym, right? Those two words mean the yeah, same yeah, thing. It's like, you know, like, yeah. Houseless, which is like, what. 
What is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, houseless is like unhoused, right? It means you have, you know, you don't have some sort of housing. So it actually does mean the same thing as homeless. Uh, you know, houseless makes it sound like you just don't have a house. In which case, you know, I mean, you, you right. know, I'm certainly houseless. Uh, that's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in the category that people mean to refer to. But, um, but it, it's also just like, yeah, there are all sorts of negative connotations of uh, that go with the word homeless but that's just because that's the term that's been applied for a long time to people who live on the streets and if uh right you know give it six months of everybody everybody using um uh of everybody using unhoused right and all those same connotations will be applied there and it's you know frankly just a I mean, little bit someone someone in the, the chat mentioned the r word and that's the, yeah. the perfect example of this kind of thing right where totally like half the words that we use as insults now were once like scientific terms to describe the disabled. And there's yeah, yeah. no word that you can successfully assign to the disabled that won't then be used as an insult because. Right. Cause yeah. it's, cause people are, what people are, will be like, call them to call each other is like. Yeah. And like, even disabled. if we, even beyond ableism, right. Uh, the, the point of being disabled is that you lack some ability. So people are always going to, chat share about that right like if, right. if you imply that people who don't actually have some kind of medical lack of that thing do in fact uh, have something else on the, on the goblins people were getting really hyped up about the fact that um the date of the the goblin uprising in, <laughs> in the, the the series was on the same day as a, a pogrom in germany and it's like there's a oh, there's been oh, a pogrom oh. in germany on every day of the year <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's also hilarious because it's like, um, this is like when, uh, you know, late Hitchens, I think, was tried for a minute to say that the uh, September 11th was timed to be like the anniversary of like the siege of Vienna or something. And it like oh. didn't quite work, you know, with the dates. But it's also like, come on. That's like the, yeah. Like, also, like, this this would be such a deep cut. I mean, you're you're just you're just giving people so much credit for like that's uh yeah, yeah. really really it's that's a very that's Illuminati fun. triangle kind of thing. But but yeah, someone replied on Twitter man. being like, what, "Why are we bothering to talk about J.K. Rowling?" I think that's quite which I mean <laughs> the 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 actual article gives about three words on her, but does talk about Harry Potter more generally. And I think it's it's silly for people to be like, "Oh, we shouldn't talk about or care about." the most successful author who's ever existed. Yeah. The most no, that's, successful that's... media franchise which has ever existed. The only yeah, person that's, that's outsold J.K. Rowling is God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, I, I can, you know, I can uh, claim here to have... Uh, you know, despised that woman before it was cool, largely on the basis of her positions on Scottish independence and Jeremy Corbyn. But um, and uh, oh right, yeah, because she was she was one one of the many people who were calling Je poor Jeremy an anti-Semite. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, which is, is pretty funny in light of what we were just talking about. But yeah, I think um, like. Although there is also something like a little bit odd about, you know, I mean, yes, you're, I mean, clearly if you're the most successful author who's ever lived, you know, you are, uh, you are fair game. Uh, and you, you are, it is, it is not unreasonable to take an interest in what you have to say. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, and if you, if you are consciously using your platform to promote political views, it's reasonable to evaluate those, uh, those political views. Um, you know, just because just they're going to reach a lot of people. And, you know, it's Which like, is also not something I do in the article, where I just say, yes, she's bad, and then move on. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so I, I do want to get to the moving on in just a moment, but I, you know, it, it is, there is something to be said here about the, uh, it's like the, uh, you know, people often have this idea that you should only, you know, it's like you should only engage with people who have like the most sort of sophisticated things to say or something like that which never made any sense to me. I think you should engage with people who reach a lot of people. Uh, but um, in any case, uh, so, but as you say, that's not really what you're doing in this article because the, because, you know, you sort of, you know, you, the, the opening hook 
is this controversy about the Harry Potter, you know, computer game, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, the uh, uh, and um, and people's interest in uh, in boycotting it. Um, and and you know, yes, you do sort of say for two seconds at the beginning, you know, J.K. Rowling's bad, but like uh, then you uh, then you move on to sort of asking what to my mind is a more interesting question, which is like, how is it that, you know, I mean, look, like among other things, I mean, she is very, you know, intensely loathed by lots of people at this point, you know, still, still intensely beloved by lots of people, intensely loathed by lots of people. And there was a big controversy about this. How was it that the, that this uh, boycott effort kind of made no discernible dead and, and more generally, and, and this is a, more interesting question than that, right? Is like, how is it that this kind of thing never seems to uh, to right. have have much of an impact on the world? Yeah, I think that was that was the kind of reflection because these the the examples I use in the text had come along very quickly one after each other, and it seemed to me like, you know, and these are things being retweeted by people who I you know I'm not closely political aligned with, but I follow for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And it was like, just, it felt like something which really needed, not a corrective in terms of like, you know, people might say, you know, it's, it's this, this example isn't going to work or like this, blah, blah, blah. But my impression is that these things never work, at least in a totality. Um, And the only thing they can do is is sometimes kind of like restrict things or slow them down and, and things like that. But it also seems that people choose the worst things to try and fight. Um, like for instance, the Harry Potter franchise, which, as I say in the article, has had such a powerful effect on so many millions of people that J.K. Rowling will die before she gets cancelled. You know, um, J.K. Rowling, will, her her her, the, her media creation is so much more powerful and so much more long lasting than she will she will be. If you might hate on Harry Potter, but it's going to be around much much longer than her and the only kind of relief you'll have from jk rowling herself is i don't know unless she like you does that thing that like the beatles did or whatever, where they sell the, the masters for 10 billion or whatever uh-huh. um but then you know she might just start actually funding politics or whatever and then we'll have to hear about her um you're going to keep hearing about her until she dies that's the kind of the most vulnerable thing about her it's it's not this massive money-making machine that it's actually her physical body which is which is weaker than this thing and the other example I use is, is people trying to cancel AI, which uh-huh. I see every day on my face on uh, my Twitter, just people going on and on and on trying to to cancel AI, and it's like what, what, this is you, such you, a doomed effort. I, I think I know what you mean, but could you expand a little bit on what what you have in mind when you say they're trying to cancel AI? Uh, the example I use in that is that some voice actor recently wrote um, a piece attacking, well, he didn't write a piece, what am I talking about? He wrote a tweet. (laughs) And people were saying, you know, the new innovation with AI voice technology, where you can generate a voice, um, will be great for game modders, who are people who make for free modifications of video games. I have to remember that Ben's old. Yes. yes. Um, uh, I, 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 did they have those for Tetris? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they've had them for a long time. Doom was the, the first game that was famously very modded. Um, but they were saying, you know, it'd be, it's going to be great for modders to, to do this, um, to use this voice technology um, instead of having to hire voice actors, which is obviously very hard for a free project which often limits um, modifications to having no voice acting at all in them um, or very amateurish voice acting. Uh, and this yeah. person who's a voice actor was like, what if instead you paid me, paid us, paid us, gave us money? What if you gave us money and paid us and gave us money and paid us and paid us and paid us? Well, why would they do that? Well, yeah, it's like... <laughs> I mean, so you, you, you say, why, why, don't it, why don't you instead do the thing that you're going to make uh, less profit doing? Yeah, well, I mean, in the case of a free game modification, why not just do the thing, the only possible option you have within your budget of zero dollars, you know? 
And then the, the guy says, and, and someone points this out to him, and the guy replies, you know, in that case, they don't deserve voice acting, which, mm. you know, maybe that's morally correct. Um, but concretely, that's not that. what's going to happen. People aren't going to be like, no, I won't use this tool because it'll upset someone, you know. Yeah, so I, I want to, uh, before we start taking calls, I, I do want to just sort of maybe see, like hash out a couple of distinct things, you know, because you use the uh, you know, title of the piece is Money Over Moralism. I use this word moralism a lot, and, and it might be worth taking just a minute to sort of say uh, what you mean by that, you know, because it's... Um, you know, like moralism is a word that sometimes, you know, well, I mean, there are people who I think use it in looser and less helpful ways than this, you know, but like, um, but, but here are, I think two concrete things that it could mean. Uh, one is it could, uh, moralism could refer to, uh, having, uh, to the view that, um, you know, to sort of, uh, like the way I often use it is sort of an excessive focus on like uh, individual morality, right? You know, sort of like uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, pull, you know, like I don't know. It's like kind of what Freddie DeBoer is getting out of that essay, uh, "Planet of Cops," where he talks about how we're all walking the beat twenty four seven for the division of problematics. Right. Uh, the, the, yeah, so that's like one way of using it. But then there's another way of using it, which I, I think might be closer to the boat of, of some of what you seem to be getting out of the article, which is like uh, uh, a, like a view about causation, right? That it's like we're, we're sort of like we'll sort of use uh, pure moral outrage, not particularly allied to any kind of obvious structural incentives as as our engine for changing the world. So do you want to, you know, or at least that'd be my sort of best gloss on that. Do you want to say a little bit more about what you did? Yeah, I mean, something like that. You don't want it to kind of be a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because you could you could define it as kind of like when people think things should be one way and not the other, but that's ineffective, which kind of would just be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But yeah, it is kind of this thing where people have an idea to kind of, especially I think the focus in the piece is on banning is on removing, is of, of, of kind of preventing something from coming to be and not saying like how, what is the right way that society should adapt to this thing? Or what is the right way to kind of change things so that the, this change which happens isn't so disastrous or whatever. Um, I especially, you know, talk about this in relation to technology where, you know, there's been so many massive efforts you know, I mean, much of the U.S.'s kind of domestic policy throughout the 20th century can be kind of defined through an attempt to ban various substances, right? right. Um, up to and including passing a constitutional amendment yes. <laughs> to ban alcohol in the United States, yes. which led to like a one-year significant drop in alcohol consumption in the U.S. And then in the next year, it was basically back up to the same. And then like a, a multi-decade long war against drugs and so on. Um, so I think it was a real focus on this idea that we can kind of ban things out of existence. Like I'm, I'm in, obviously, as I'm sure many people are here in like a communist group chat. And I think that's one of the main kind of points of uh, difficulty or argument that I, we often have with each other where these guys always want to ban things. And I'm very against banning things. Not because I don't think lots of things shouldn't be, uh, but I think that banning something is like not a signal that you've won, but a signal that you've lost. Um, we shouldn't have to like ban capitalist thought. <laughs> you know? It should just be, and, you know, and I'm not saying that there's no circumstances in which you have to ban capitalist newspapers or whatever. But if you're still banning capitalist newspapers 100 years after the revolution or whatever, then your revolution failed, right? Because yeah. you haven't managed to actually win the battle. You've, you're losing the battle, and and the the banning is is a band aid which cover that up. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm much, uh, <laughs> you know, I I have uh, I I'd, I'd probably even take a harder line against doing that at all. But uh, but but okay, yeah, of so. course you would. But I'm I'm the Stalinist apparently. So yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Uh, uh, 
Okay, well, there are a lot of points of interest there uh, that I want to pick up, but I uh, but Casey has been waiting patiently, so let's take that call. Hey, what's up, everyone? Um, hoping, hey, hoping I'm coming in all right. Um, yep. Yeah, 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 I'm good. Cool. So, um, yeah, I, I read your article, Stefan. Uh, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I, I think that the point is definitely something that I've imbibed. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about the JK Rowling thing just because, you know, I'm probably, you know, I'm right around the age where Harry Potter kind of hits the hardest and there's this new game coming out. It looks good, but a lot of people on the left are saying, you know, don't buy it, um, because it support, it'll go to, you know, eventually to JK Rowling who will use the money to harm trans people. Um, and yeah, I think the response that you gave was perfectly correct. It's like, okay, like, you know, if you actually want to help people or, you know, do you think that like doing this specific ban isn't going to help is, you know, uh, is, is going, actually going to put an end to that type of practice and people will generally say, no, I don't think that, but you, I'm now telling you that like, this will happen. You know, if you buy this game, it'll go to this person who will do this thing. And therefore, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't buy the game. Um, now that you right. know, and maybe it's like excusable for people who don't really research these types of things. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious, what, what would your response be to that? Um, I kind of have some ideas, but I just want to hear maybe. Like maybe you personally buying the game? Um, right. I mean, I, I think the, the most important thing is that not to make this a point of significant uh, political contestion. So I don't want to just not give you an answer, but my, my first answer, if someone asked me that would be like, this isn't an important thing we should be talking about, but putting that aside. Um, yeah. I mean, I just say, you know, the, the torrent came out, uh, just in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> so just crack it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, I guess the, the, the question is that most people, lots of people play on consoles, in which case you can't crack it. I mean, so right. yeah, first, first, first off, don't care. Second, pirate it if you can. And then third off, just don't worry and buy it because she is so insanely rich and you are in so insanely poor. And this purchase is so insanely kind of irrelevant. Just, you know, just go for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, to, uh, to, to Stefan's point earlier that I'm very old, uh, the, um, uh, a version of this that I have actually thought about, you know, I, I you know, barely know what this game is you're talking about, but the uh, version that I have actually thought about is uh, why is uh, buying tickets to go see Woody Allen movies, you know, cause that's, yeah, uh, yep. yeah that's uh that's one that's actually come up you know, for me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy this thing, but uh, you know, this, this Harry Potter game, that's not just a boycott of it. Yeah. I, uh, I think there's a, there's a thing, a distinction between kind of that people conflate between, um, purchase and uh, consumption. Well, the, there's a lot of that, right? Like, I definitely do see a lot of that conflation, which is like ridiculous just to begin with. You know that it's so like. So I, I like, have no concerns about consuming Burzum. but um, but I also don't think like um, like even the purchase thing, like even on its own terms, even separately from the point that you're making the article, which is like uh, this is just a very like ineffective strategy for social change work, yeah. uh the uh but like even aside from from that right even just on its own terms like the objection to to purchasing i i have to say never really made that much sense to me right that like uh i mean i guess at least in the jk rowling case it might actually make slightly more sense if you think she's going to uh like actually do something specific with the money that will hurt trans people. Right. Somehow. It's different. Like a, a wife abuser or something who probably won't abuse his wife more, no matter how many video games you buy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I think it's like slightly less ridiculous in that case, although probably more so again, when you remember how much money she already has, uh, then like, it's not that the, yeah. like, oh, damn it. the, the, uh, my, you know, political donation fund was empty or whatever, but they have a, um, uh, at, you know, and I also think there are some sort of boringly standard ethical conception under capitalism points to be made there about all the, all the corporations that are actually doing like, cause honestly, JK Rowling, I think has some, has some, some dumb and noxious views, but they have a, uh, yeah, I but, mean like a, a digital video game, it probably has like a lot less 
average slave hours imbued in it than most products in the world. Well, it's yeah. like, yeah, people are playing these on, you know, computers that have all these, this, you know, cobalt and stuff inside of them that were probably yeah, yeah. designed by people yeah, who yeah, were more like, of a in the game. game. Right. Yeah, it's like, exactly. And for that matter, would you, would you pick up some food day. at the chain restaurant or, you know, or, or you fill up your gas or whatever, like you're probably like concerns about that money being used to do political things that you don't like are actually probably much more salient there than, uh, than with the J with JK Rowling. Cause like, honestly, I don't know that she's even doing thrown around that much money to do stuff like that, but they have a, but like when you, you take out the sort of political donations aspect of it, um, like there's this view that a lot of people seem to have, even just narrowing it down to purchasing. Uh, there's this view that a lot of people seem to have that it's like, Oh, it's like morally bad to to give money to to like a bad person, right? By yeah. by uh, by participating in an economic transaction with them. Uh, and I have to say, I've never quite understood that, right? So, like in the Woody Allen case, right? Let's say that you know, I mean, not the you know, um, you know, not the relationship with the uh, the you know his girlfriend's adult daughter which is like maybe a little creepy but like there's like a you know not criminal per se but like the uh the um but uh but the you know the accusation about that he he like actually molested uh his uh his his own daughter uh as a very small child right it's like okay if that's true well then he should be in prison i don't i don't know what the i don't know what the point is of like it's like, is this like a punishment that we're getting excited about that he'll have like slightly less money because I didn't go buy a ticket to go see Midnight in Paris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. It's just like, yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, they just have so much more money. Um, and like, ultimately, you know, the kind of loose organizing, and this is something I've seen online a lot, is the loose organizing around topics like this. Um you know, and then like uh, the moralizing against like, oh, you're, you know, you're not even trying. That's why it's failing is that, you, you know, people, people like us, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't even. Yeah, it's kind of weird that. Organize or whatever. It's kind of weird that these efforts, I didn't, I didn't see anyway. Like surely there is kind of like the Harry Potter trans fan association or whatever, because people love, love to make that kind of sort of thing. But it didn't seem like that. <laughs> I would actually go so far as to say I would be shocked if it turned out that didn't exist. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, but like, it didn't seem that this boycott effort was even led by an organization, right? It was organized by like, like a a, a moral affinity group on Twitter, right, or I something think so. like this, where people, not in any organization, kind of, who all have some kind of distant social relation to each other and follow each other and blah 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 kind of sent out this kind of and this is the the real problem for me it just seems like this kind of basically like a like just like a moralistic scream you know and i don't mean that in a, a scream in the sense of you know where people you know like that that image of like um SJ, sjw cringe compilation that's exactly yeah. what came into my mind but all right <laughs> okay, I, don't mean like that. I, mean, I mean like a scream of of, of like, like pain of distress like a cry for help or something I like hear this. You. and these these people have these these very genuine feelings and i was going to mention this in the article it didn't get in there in the end where it seemed like the main effect of this boycott was to upset the people involved to, yeah. as their efforts failed and as they collided into people who, who had different views for them and so on and then obviously right wing trolls attacking them and so on so it wasn't even that this boycott attempt you know f just failed in the sense of, of causing any significant uh, decline in fortunes to J.K. Rowling but that the main effect it had was to damage the people who were involved who were presumably the, the group which were we were meant to be helping via these efforts. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to, you know, because because we do need to wrap up in the next few minutes, but I I did want to just touch on on two two things and you know kind of um, give you a chance to sound off on them, right? So so one, uh, I like the you know your example it's about uh, technology that the uh, uh, hold on just a second. 
Oops. Casey, you're now the, the co-host of um, uh, what is yeah. this called? Give me, give me an argument. The yeah. show. All right, we're going to be talking about democratic centralism now, and I'm just great. Kidding. We're going to be talking about <laughs> force the vote. The most we're, important. Yeah, we're bringing that up again. <laughs> which is facing America. Why um, won't Ben uh, believe in uh, general strikes happening? I don't know. Oh, general strikes. Those are also really important. It's great that kind of forced the vote and general strikes became this two kind of fetish object for the American left, which are very different from each other, but equally kind of... Actually, I guess forced the vote isn't impossible, but general strike is impossible, but and also wouldn't really do anything. They have a general strike every year in Greece, for instance. Uh, while forced wow. the vote is very unlikely, but also would literally do nothing. Well, I mean, just kind of tangentially, we're talking about like loose affinity groups or whatever. I just saw online recently, like people are like, oh, you know, this year, general strike in America, it's, we're going to make Labor Day, Labor Week. And so everybody, you know, everybody stop, you know, going to work. And it's like, okay. Right. And they're going to do that um, on Twitter, Casey. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was, right, sorry about, that was a deeply funny thing that just happened. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting out in my brother's yard in Los Angeles, and the dude who just came by to read the meter was a GTA fan, and he was like, oh, is that Ben Burgess? Oh, great. <laughs> that is hilarious. Anyway, uh, that's, uh, uh, but, um, but yeah, um, anyway, that, uh, uh, that is some weird timing. But anyway, uh, the, um, uh, also, I just heard that the meter readers have a good union, so that's good to know. But anyway, uh, that's, um, uh, yeah, so what I was going to say before all that happened uh, is that the uh, there are, there are like, uh, seems like there are like two issues here that are, are like a little bit separate. One of them's one you're, Lucy, one of the ones you're emphasizing the article, the other one's uh, not. So, um one is kind of the choice of, um, you know, maybe moralism in the first sense that I gave earlier, right? Kind of the choice of, uh, of like topics kind of, right? You know, that they have a, uh, that's of like the choice of targets, all that stuff. Like, um, you know, that, because uh, it's, it's very much like, you know, it's, it's, you know, because, because look, the reason that people want to boycott the, with the Harry Potter game is that the um, is not that like this is the most effective way of drying up donations to people who would do some sort of anti-trans political thing because like right you know that's definitely not the case that's definitely not the case right <laughs> you know and uh, and it's um, and you know the reason is because she is a culture war lightning rod and uh, and and people you know are angry. Not even necessarily unjustifiably, but like whatever, they're they're angry at her as an individual, uh, and and so it definitely bespeaks a kind of political moralism in uh, in that sense. Uh, and uh, and then the other one, uh, and you know, which so that's like goes to like sort of okay, what are your goals here, right? Like like is this, you know, I mean, if you sort of think about. Um, you know, oppression or discrimination against trans people, if that's the issue that you're concerned with, or like, you know, so that's, uh, you know, like, even strictly from that perspective, you know, might, might seem unhelpful. But then the other question is about uh, strategy. And I really like the technology examples, right? Because it's like, well, look, you're clearly like, if, if people have, if like, there are obvious incentives to adopt, like a new technology, it's just going to happen, right? There's, there's just no way... Yeah it's not going to happen. I mean, like, and it, and it's certainly, you know, it's going to happen uh, at the very least, right. If there is any hope of it not happening, it would have to involve like state action. It would just not happen because of. Yeah. Like, I, I was trying to think of one single example where it's actually worked. And the closest thing I could think of is human cloning, which I think we can do, but we've, we, we've chosen not to, but that is like from every state in the world and the UN agreeing. Yeah. And, you know, so actually maybe what I was kind of thinking at first when you were talking about AI, you know, is, is, uh, 
the sort of like um, uh, concern that I'm often tempted to be a little flippant about uh, about like um, you know future artificial intelligence becoming a threat to humans. You know the uh, so so to be flippant about it. You know the Skynet worry uh, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, I like, you know, it's, it's like this, which is like really hilarious to me because there are all these effective altruism people who like essentially want rich people to give them money to like sit in castles and worry about this. And it's like, okay, I, I, don't, I don't see any possible plan that's going to emerge from this, you know, because like if there was anything to be done about it, which there might not be, right? But if there was, it would surely involve something similar to what you're describing with human cloning, right? And at the very least, you'd want to uh, like immediately nationalize all development of this research right, that, that is i hadn't really thought about that but yeah the effective altruism people it's about kind of taking money from silicon valley to then convince people in silicon valley not to do something which <laughs> they don't do anything they're demons right exactly good luck with that right uh yeah and so um so then um like you know and i think this is the sort of because like people you know because i think people might kind of get out of this like oh so like nothing ever happens or doesn't happen you know like like in other words like there's sort of nothing you can do with your moral outrage you know that there's sort of that there's a that there's a that it's it's just like inevitably going to be impotent so i don't know just try to be more zen uh, and uh i'm not going to say there's nothing to that you know but uh there's a but like there is something you know it's like about like okay well look, I mean, you know, we're socialists. We want to change the world, right? Like, we just don't think that, like, we just don't think that, like, trying to morally exhort people to make a better consumer choices is going to get it done. Right. The, the focus with the Harry Potter thing and the AI thing is especially bad because it, it seems to focus on trying to dictate what other proles do, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> when, yeah, the, the problem, if anything, should be, you know, trying to use you know, the bourgeois state, which sometimes we can get to do things we like to try and regulate other parts of the bourgeoisie to, you know, kind of yeah. <laughs> let the unleashing of this monster go slowly or whatever, um, or, you know, with a slightly human face or whatever. Like, you know, if if the Cubans had chat GPT or whatever, <laughs> um, it would be implemented in a different way, right? And it's not, that's not impossible. It's not impossible that AI would be brought under public ownership and be used to help people and to improve the status of labor instead of what it's actually going to be used for in, in Britain, United States, which is to massively reduce labor costs. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. Uh, I want to see if I can, uh, I do want to get off the next couple of minutes, but uh, thank you for your call, Casey. I do want to see if I can just quickly run through these other two callers so uh, time is becoming a little bit of a factor on my end. So uh, just just to let you guys know before I take the calls, this is going to have to be, a, uh, you know, this is going to have to be a bit to the point. But uh, Jake, what's on your mind? Are you with us, Jake? Yeah. Oh, I heard something just now. Um, okay, well, so I'm sorry to hear that you have to go so soon. I've missed a number of these call-ins um, that I actually felt were maybe a little bit more relevant to my point, but um, I have a number of scattered thoughts. I'll try to keep it as absolutely concise as I can here. Appreciate that. Um, I also I haven't had a chance to read Stefan's article, but again, I'll, I'll try yeah. to keep well, it well, we, well, we in the same that, realm. Stefan, do you want to remind him where you can find it? Uh, SublationMagazine.com. I hope it's that. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Um, so, first, uh, really, Ben, I wanted to ask you, um, yeah. as somebody who's spoken directly to Zizek, um, ha ha are you familiar at all with his recent compact article, Wokeness is Here to Stay? Uh, I am, yeah. So, I, I think um, I might uh, write something just about that at some point, uh, and uh, I, or I don't know, talk to him about it or something, but I have a I do have some thoughts about it, but but if you had a specific question, I'll wait for the question. Um, I'm, well, I'm trying to develop, I guess, a, a specific question, but um, I mean, I guess to relate it to 
if you just kind of want my take on it, I can certainly give that to you. But you know, uh, whatever you have in mind. Uh, well, so I guess in this broader question of of um, or topic of um, uh, moralizing and and, yeah. and and where that leads us and what that actually uh, results in, um, yeah. that's the the sort of the most striking feature to me about this article um, is that it is nothing but pure moralizing. Um, there is no uh, prescription at the end of it, um, and and. Just to quote, the, it seems to be the point that he wants to make at the very end is, is, quote, the woke awaken us to racism and sexism precisely to enable us to go on sleeping. They show a certain reality so that we can go on ignoring the true roots and depths of our racial and sexual traumas. Yeah. But if you examine the article, uh, uh, the, all the preceding uh, paragraphs, there is nothing in that to substantiate the that point. And not, he only, not only that but he, he never even defines how he's using the word woke um and i mean there's even a couple of moments in there where he, he uses terms such as the black woke elite where i would i was truly floored and wanting to go I, i'm sorry jordan peterson who are the postmodern neo-marxists i don't yeah so so let me let me just let me just speak to that a little bit uh yes and, please. and we could do a um so first of all, the definition of wokeness, uh, this is actually good timing because I was just talking to uh, producer at GTA, uh, Jake, who's going to be uh, taking the reins for Monday's episode because I'm not going to be able to be there. Uh, and one of the things he's planning on doing is is uh, talking a little bit about this definition of wokeness issue because there's just this viral clip of like Bethany Mandel on uh, Brianna Joy Gray's show, uh, or no, on, on Rising with Brianna Joy Gray hosted, uh, you know, kind of spectacularly failing uh, to, uh, to to define the term. Uh, and uh, and I think, you know, it, it's definitely become a little bit of a floating signifier. So I, I think that's a fair criticism. I think he should have defined it. And I think it actually would have been really helpful if he defined it, because I think it might have helped to, um, it might have helped to make clear what the connections were between the different, you know, because it was, it was a little scattered. I think that's a fair criticism of that article. Um, you know, I think that uh, on this question of the woke elite, or, you know, Black Woke Elite. Um, I mean, I definitely get how you're reading it, although I have to say to me, it also sounds a little bit like something Adolf Reed might say, uh, that they, uh, you know, when he talks about, like, you know, certain kind of anti-racism is like the class project of, um, you know, like a certain segment of the professional managerial class, you know, sort of redefining justice in, in terms of, of who kind of gets what kind of influence within certain kinds of elite spaces. Um, and, you know, I think that the, um, you know, the, there are probably things in that article I might disagree with, although it also, I should also just say, um, there's stuff that I can't really weigh in on, uh, the, the Tavistock stuff, uh, I just, you know, I, like there's a, uh, there seems to be just a tremendous weight of he said, she said about the, uh, what happened in, in that instance that like, I just, I just don't feel confident expressing an opinion about. It. I mean, I'll certainly express an opinion about. I think that like any sort of sweeping bans on uh, on you know hormone blockers or uh, or or uh, underage transition, I'm very against. I think that like you know, I don't know what the clinical standards should be for like how easy or hard it should be. That's a sort of question for for doctors to argue about, frankly. But the um, but I think just sort of trying to impose conservative social values by by banning it, I'm, I'm very opposed to. And if you read him as as you know supporting a ban, then I definitely disagree with that. I don't think he is, uh, but they have a well. So, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but uh, that that is exactly what strikes me as so odd because in my in my understanding of Savoy, I don't believe that that's really what he feels um, yeah. is should be done. But uh, his his mischaracterization and and uh, whatever the he said she said about Tavistock I and mean, what he quotes in the article, there's literally a preceding line by a doctor from Tavistock that disagrees with the point he he immediately makes. Um, and yeah, so, so, uh, so this was, like I, like I said, I mean the controversy about Tavistock. I don't know. Uh, they have a mm -hmm. uh, you know right. And, and but, I, I, I'm just you know I'm just saying like I I hear what you're saying. I think it's uh, you know you could be right that he's that he's he's mischaracterizing that 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 quote. 
uh, the I'll I'll take your word for it, but I don't personally know uh, the uh, but um, but I think that the article, to my mind, in a way, like whether he was right about Tavistock or not, I think the article would have been stronger if he left the Tavistock part out and just well, so, and, and, well, uh, again, just, not even oh, sorry, sorry. Let, me, let me just let me just say this right first, right? Uh, yeah. If he if he left that part out and he just focused on the uh, the college example, right? The uh, that was the other big example, the first part, because I actually think that case relates in a much more obvious way to that quote that you you read, which which I do take as the sort of overall point he's making in the article, and in I think a much more obvious way than the Tavistock stuff does, right? Because like what you think the standard should be for youth gender medicine or whatever is is a um, you know like seems like kind of a substantive question, maybe a separate question, right? From, uh, from, from the sort of what he's saying in that quote. Whereas like, I think the stuff about, uh, you know, essentially like, uh, the intersection of a very elite level identity politics with a certain kind of censorious craziness, which is what, which is what the college example, I, I just keep saying the college example because, you know, I was expected to talk about this dad. I do not remember off the top of my head uh, what the college was, you know, but yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, right? They have a, uh, like, I think that example actually does relate in a much more obvious way to what he's saying in your quote earlier, uh, the, about the way that like, this is a kind of, and in a way, actually, it takes us back to, uh, to Stefan's article uh, because it's, you know, that there is sort of, um, like yelling at people in seminar rooms and, and kind of, uh, and sort of enforcing this, this, this like kind of petty interpersonal moralism, uh, whatever that is or isn't good for, it's certainly not good for addressing any of the underlying issues that people might have in mind when they use phrases like, you know, structural racism and stuff like that, right. In, in sort of much the same way that, uh, that like, uh, you know, you're not going to do much to uh, you're not going to do much to change the the position of of you know trans people in society with you know consumer boycotts of a, a video game, right? So so I think it is worth asking like, what's the actual function of these things in practice? And that's the part of the article that I found the most plausible. Uh, I think that the you know I think if he if he'd written it for Jackman instead of Compact, um, I suspect that the editors would have like said just like stick with the college example that's stronger and more obvious. You're not you're not opening this like cat of worms that you might not even really want to get into here about what, you know, whatever happened at Tavistock. So uh, that's my thought. I'm going to leave you with the, uh, uh, I'm going to leave you with the last word on, on this subject because uh, we, we have gone a little bit over time here. So, um, so yeah, just, if you want to just kind of uh, briefly say your piece about that and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I would encourage anyone to read the article. Um, it's, it, I guess my question to you and something maybe uh, to get into at another time is, is, is actually really more honestly, um, it, it, I, this article really strikes me as, as absolutely dishonest, is intellectually dishonest. Um, and, and again, not just the Tavistock stuff, um, but uh, sorry, I, I don't want to go too long here, but, um, uh, uh, he he specifically quotes that um, a doctor saying that uh, uh, puberty blockers um, could uh, uh, set someone on a medical pathway they may regret. I, I really don't believe Slavoj is uh, is unable to grasp the point that a naturalized puberty does exactly the same thing. Um, uh, and then, so that's all I'll say on that. Um, and then the other thing, just. Uh, Again, maybe more of a question to you. I'm not an academic, and so I don't exactly understand how these things work. Um, I, I believe it was at Villanova University. There was a workshop held by another uh, uh, organization, um, Telluride Association, which I know nothing about. Um, it, it, so in, in that way, I mean, is if I can maybe ask one more question, is is that really truly representative of, of the conversations taking place, this one workshop and this one college uh so, so i i think that the it's not represent i think it depends i'll just try to really briefly answer the question that because that know, seems to be the assertion and, and we, he's made we really do need to wrap up the call so i think that there are two different yeah. questions one is that representative of like you know just like kind of what you'll find in a random college classroom and it's like no i don't think it is i think that if you 
I mean, look, most people who go to at least some college in the United States are going to community colleges, right? They're, they're not doing that there. Uh, the other question, though, is does that make it a sort of like like goofy kind of isolated case that's not representative of a broader phenomenon? And I would say no, I don't think it is. I think that there's – I think that like in general, I think especially since 2020, uh, they're you know, kind of what Adolf Reed calls the great awakening. You know, there, there is a um, – there is a way in which a certain kind of very intense, very censorious, very, you know, strange kind of identity politics uh, has become a really big deal in certain kinds of elite spaces. And I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, and again, I, I think this is not unrelated to the themes of Stefan's article about uh, how that's, um, uh, how that kind of misdirects uh, you know, sort of energy about social injustice in ways that are actually very unhelpful for uh, for for building something uh, more that like like you know building like strategies for um, that would like you know for the kind of social justice that would actually help most people, uh, including most people and in, you know in, in marginalized groups uh, that you know which again I think that's often not really the goal of that kind of like. Uh, elite level moral posturing and i think there's a lot to be said about that but um i am gonna uh i am gonna have to cut it off there uh, so thank you so much for your call just um you know because we are like you know 15 minutes or so after i said i was gonna have to wrap it up in the last couple minutes but um uh <laughs> so uh so yeah i i just hate not taking people's calls uh so, uh, so Stefan, uh, if, uh, if, if morally exhorting people to make better consumer choices won't get us a better world, uh, what will, or should we just, uh, give up and kill ourselves? Uh, join the communist party. Oh, there you go. That's easy. All right. Uh, so, uh, the article, uh, is in Sublation magazine. Uh, it is called Muddy Over Moralism. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very smart piece. People should, uh, people should read it. Uh, People should be reading Sublation in, uh, in general. Um, I am going to be speaking to Stefan again about different t- topics. Uh, the Although there's a little bit of overlap because we actually did spend a minute talking about AI today. Uh, on uh, probably Wednesday, I think, is it, it's looking like on This is Revolution. Yeah. I've, I've just uh, opened... Chalmers article, as well as a, an old paper called The Moral Machine, which is something you might want to Google too. Um, yeah, and I'm going to try and have an article written for next Wednesday. Very nice. All right. So uh, check us out. And this is Revolution on the YouTubes uh, uh, on Wednesday, talking about AI, ChatGPT, Noam Chomsky, all of that stuff. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Stefan. Thank you, everybody who called in. Left is back.